My name is Robin Hoffman, and I make chat shows. Welcome to I Made This from Do Anything Media, a show about passionate people executing their big ideas in realistic ways you can learn from to make your own big idea a reality. I'm Bill Meeks, and today I'm talking with Robin Hoffman about the chat shows she produces for Facebook, Chat With Me and Bake With Me. Robin flipped a career she spent working with disabled people into two great chat shows she publishes on Facebook. We'll discuss what drove her to create her shows, the people who've helped her along the way, and how she's used her platform to elevate all kinds of voices. She's also recently started acting again, so we'll discuss coming back to that after years away. Plus, Robin reveals her favorite guest ever on Chat With Me. Will my compliment-seeking question get the response my ego was hoping for? Stay with us to find out. Okay, I made this for you. Take a listen. Hi, Robin. How are you doing? It's great to join you here in your home studio. I love that you're here in my studio. I appreciate that. Second time in a couple weeks. Second time. You must be special. Because I, I was on one of your chat shows yes. very recently within the past couple weeks, right? That's correct. You were great. It was, it was a, a lot, great of, show. lot of fun. And I, I really love the setup uh, you have here. We'll probably talk about it a little bit more later. But why don't we go ahead and start, you know, back at the beginning. Like what motivated you to make your shows chat with me and bake with me and... Whatever the next with me show is going to be. <laughs> you know, I, I regret that just a little bit <laughs> because now anything anybody wants to do with me, it's a new show. Hey, yeah. Robin, uh, drink with me, you know. <laughs> See, that would yeah. be a good show, though. Yeah. With me is a good brand, though. I, I, I like that brand because it ma- makes it feel like collaborative, connected. That was the reason really behind it. It was yeah. I wanted it to be open and welcoming for anyone to really just join me. Welcome to Chat With Me. I could not be any more excited than I am today. I have been waiting six months for this young man to join me on this set and here we are we're here i am so pleased to introduce to you zechariah um they, hello everybody um who are you uh every time an officer or a firefighter passes away i honor them by running a mile in their honor and then afterwards i'll send the flag to the families welcome to bake with me we are here with a fabulous woman and a delicious recipe. And I'm going to introduce you to this fabulous woman here. Please help me welcome Charlene. <laughs> Thank you for opening up and telling us all about polio. Polio? Mm-hmm. Polio. No. <laughs> polio, polio. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That is not something you hear often. So, so where did you, you know, get the idea and what was the inception of these shows? Inception. Inception. My story goes way back. Mm. I was born. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I was born in 1932. (laughs) So what happened was I worked with people with disabilities for 27 years. Mm -hmm. Loved it. It was amazing. Most people only last in that career five to 10 years. I pushed that bar and I loved it the entire time. High pressure, high stress, all that. Yes, yes. But beautiful and wonderful. And I learned and it's not... I know it's kind of cliche to say, but it absolutely is true. I learned much more from them than they could have ever learned from me. So it was a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. But I was ready to do something a little different. And I realized in those years that the person with the disability was never the issue. The issue was the people around them that didn't understand them Mm -hmm. or didn't know how to communicate with them or didn't know how to respond to them. So I thought, that's what I want to do. Uh I want people to try and understand different disabilities and understand who they are, how they are, what they are, so that 
life for everyone involved could be a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So that's where Bake With Me started because um, jump back a little bit more. 13 years ago, I was diagnosed with celiac disease, Mm -hmm. which means I can't eat any gluten. And I know gluten's a huge buzzword right now, but for me, it's literally like life and death. (laughs) Yeah. You're not looking for that label for the trend you're looking for because you need to survive. Because I need to survive. Right. So I decided I had created all these great, beautiful baking recipes because back 13 years ago, there was nothing gluten-free on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And if you ever did find anything, you had two options. It either tasted like Play-Doh or (laughs) cardboard. And I'm not even kidding. (laughs) So I didn't like those options. So I created all my own recipes and it took years to develop and perfect these. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't... Because at first I thought about, I'm going to open a bakery. And then yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get up at four o'clock in the morning and bake every day and do all these. <laughs> Go make the donuts. So I was like, I don't want to bake for people. I want to teach people to bake for themselves mm-hmm. at, at a reasonable cost, something that's delicious. So that's the idea of Bake With Me. And then I was like, well, I want to spread awareness on disabilities. So let's put the two together. So on paper, it looked very bizarre. Mm-hmm. But now it's just this beautiful experience for my guest, for people who have these specific disabilities that are watching, yeah. um, for people who have celiac or gluten issues who just wanted the recipe. So we we get in this studio. We film at Full Sail University. They've been amazing for me and my mission. And we bake a gluten-free recipe. I invite a guest with a disability. So while we're baking, they talk about their diagnosis, their challenges, their successes. It's just a beautiful process. So you get to learn lots of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about it. How did you get partnered with Full Sail for this? Because, you know, I, I watched some episodes. I've seen some behind-the-scenes photos and stuff. And you have, like, a full crew. Oh, it's a four-camera shoot, a full yeah, crew. Absolutely. Yeah. I worked at Full Sail with students with disabilities for five years. Gotcha. So I built some really strong connections. And when I presented my mission, they just backed it 100%. Mm-hmm. So when you go in there to shoot an episode, is it is it like the students helping you? Is it Yes, student it's crew? hands-on for the students. So they get to learn on, in a real set, on a real, in a real setting. So uh-huh. it's a great experience for them. And then I get quality yeah. Products. Do they ask for any sort of like compensation or quid? Never. Bro- not once. Very nice. Very yes. nice. But I'm, I'm sure you probably credit them in the episode, like always, shot at full sale. And always. You're out there, you know, at high schools recruiting people for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I did work for them for quite some time and, and I, and I would do that because they mm-hmm. are, it is such a great, you know, hands-on experience. Now, now, was the show always, you know, set at full sale with this whole crew and everything, or was it more of a, uh, you know, you started the show and then you realized you needed that kind of support. Nope. Bake With Me started straight up in the studio with the full crew. Now, Chat With Me, on the other hand, is a different story. Yeah. So once I had sort of like a voice and I realized, oh, I am kind of making a difference and I want people to be aware, I thought. Mm-hmm. Disabilities and celiac aren't the only things I want to spread awareness on. Why am I limiting myself when there are so many topics? And I just think I've always loved people. I Uh just think people are amazing. I think you could meet anyone in any location and everyone has a story. And you don't know that, right? So we all get caught up in our worlds or our faces are stuck in our phones. You know, (laughs) there's these beautiful situations, these beautiful people out there that we, you know, we should meet because they all have a story. So my tagline for chat with me is ordinary people with extraordinary stories because everybody is extraordinary in their own way. So when I decided to spread more awareness and I do chat with me, it looked totally different. We filmed it at Full sale as well. Uh-huh. We had panels. I would find a panel of people, five experts or five people with the same commonality, and then we would discuss that specific topic. Welcome to another Hoppy's Heart special edition panel episode, where we bring in five individuals from diverse backgrounds to discuss things that 
people may not be talking about, but absolutely should be. Today our topic is black professional women. These lovely ladies here are here to talk about their experiences in the workplace. So let's meet our panel. So one of our episodes was LGBTQ. We had uh, the real life of stand-up comedians, like really great things. That must have been a very inappropriate. <laughs> it actually, you know, it really wasn't inappropriate, but it was like raining and like, uh, you know, 50 kindergartners because these, they're, they're people who like to be in the spotlight, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. they're, even though they're adults, they're all, you know, laughing and talking over each other. So it was really having five people there, even though I loved the show and the way it looked, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like we got into the topics the way I wanted to because there were too many voices and we didn't yeah. get enough time with each. So I looked at my director one day and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. And he was like, what? This is great. What are we talking about? And I said, I'm going to do this at home. I'm going to set up my own little <laughs> studio and I'm going to talk one-on-one because then I can really get into the meat of things with each individual and I'm not limited. I don't have to schedule anything with anybody else. It's my studio. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, if you want to. So we still do bake with me at Full Sail, but chat with me is just one-on-one here in my house. Yeah. And we're in the studio right now yes, recording this. And it's a wonderful little studio. Like one, it's it's nice that you had the space to devote to. Because yes. I, well, I had to kick one of my kids out. Is that wrong? Oh, no, not at all. Oh, not okay, at all. Cool. I, I mean, I often hurt my children in support of my dreams. I mean, so yeah, I mean, that's just what you do as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they were an adult and they chose to move out, but I just didn't let anyone else move back in. Fair enough. It, it, it really is. The room's completely cleared out except for a desk, you know, a backdrop, some lighting, and I'm assuming the computer you used to edit. Correct. So did you get any sort of professional consultation on how to set this up with the, you know, the sound panels on the walls and everything? Or did you just kind of put it together yourself? Bill, that would have been a really great idea. <laughs> um, no, I put something in my mind and I go for it and I literally put this together in one one day. Nice. Where'd you get the uh, backdrop? It's like this faux wood paneling. Isn't it fantastic? Yeah, it's it like makes felt. it look have like you, we're in a. You got to touch it. Ooh, that's it's soft. Like, it's soft. It's like, like a, felt. It's that like would make bottom. a nice blanket, like a summer blanket. I just, you know, Googled online and looked at reviews like everybody else does. And I found a company called Kate Backdrop, Kate's Backdrop, Kate Backdrop, something like that. Mm-hmm. And very reasonably priced. And they've always come in beautifully within, you know, a really reasonable amount of time. So I have a bunch of different ones that I keep in that little Oh, nice. Like so, so maybe like one with like a holiday theme or something like that. They're just more basic, solid colors. I have oh, okay. a green screen. Gotcha. Things like that. Have, have you uh, taken advantage of that with chat with me? Like, have you ever interv- interviewed anyone on the moon? Or um, I haven't. I'm not that uh, savvy, <laughs> but my kids have taken it out and we've had a full day of uh, doing fun things in front of the green screen. So with, you know, chat with me, with bake with me, obviously, you know, they're, they're chat shows, which means you have to host you. I do. And then you have to have the guest, which is somebody else like me, for example, from a couple of weeks ago. But how do you go about, you know, sourcing those guests? How how do you find people to talk to, to keep episodes coming out? That's a great, great question. For Bake With Me, I had been in the field of disabilities for so long that I made a lot of connections. So that was a very easy start. Um, But what happened after that, it's like a beautiful thing. I said, you know, it really impacted a lot of people. So now I have people come to me. So I don't have to do what I used to do where I would just be messaging people constantly. Hey, you got a story or you want to come on this? Now I'm like, you know, fielding the emails and get sifting through. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I'll, I'll film whatever conversation people want to have, but I won't always use it. If it's not something that I feel can be impactful to others. Chat with me. Is there any sort of 
what would you say is the central philosophy of the show? Is it, what What is the criteria you use to judge if you're going to use the conversation or not? Really, like I said, some some sort of story with an impact, somebody who's making a difference in the world or somebody who's doing something that other people can benefit from, something mm-hmm. some, everyone can learn from, something that somebody might be going through themselves that could be helpful to them to hear somebody else's story. With Bake With Me, with Chat With Me, you're doing a lot of interviewing. With Bake With Me, I, very commendable because you're actually doing an activity <laughs> while you're interviewing somebody. So, you know, that's a very delicate type rope it really to walk, is. I'm, I, I'm sure. It, it is not as easy as it looks. It, it really isn't. There's a lot going on. You have to, you know, remember the the recipe and figure out and remember what you're doing and mm-hmm. remember that you have somebody there who's talking about a very significant and personal topic. So you don't yeah. want to just be like, Hey, Oh, you couldn't get out of bed yesterday. Can you crack that egg for me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to do that. So. Yeah. You don't want to mix the light and fluffy with the, you know, deep yeah. and sometimes the transition is really difficult to get back to what you're mixing yeah. and then somebody really delving into something personal. Well, that, that shows really sort of pieced together and edited too. Right. So that, probably gives you some leeway to sort of everything I do. And I tell this to my director, I'll tell you, I'll tell everyone else is very authentic and very natural. I try to edit as little as possible, Gotcha. especially with chat with me, bake with me. We have to sometimes just because of the nature of the baking show, Mm -hmm. but the content and what people are trying to portray for themselves. I want that to be very natural and very authentic. We don't just like you didn't prep me for today's question. (laughs) I don't prep my guests as well. Like, you know, you came in and you were like, we have no idea except that you knew you were talking about what you were starting. Yeah. And it happens very organically and very naturally. And that's that's what I want. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything scripted. I don't want yeah. any of that. So, so how do you achieve sort of an organic, natural interview like that? Like, What's your approach for an interview? Let me tell you. <laughs> in my field of psychology for 27 years, you get really good. And mm-hmm. it was something, honestly, before I even got my degree in psychology, it was something I naturally did anyway. Mm-hmm. I've told you I love people. I've always been engaging. I feel like I don't just have sympathy for people. I have empathy. I feel what you're feeling. So I've always had a unique ability to meet people where they're at. Um, uh-huh. And that is definitely helpful in the process of interviewing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Are there, do you have any sort of like stock go-to questions that you keep in your back pocket if you feel the conversation? Peter? You know, I don't. Bit? That's a really great question. I don't because to That's me, one of my stock questions. That would make me feel uneasy. If I had anything planned, I would get in my head and I'd be like, oh, did I forget this? Or did I just don't. I don't ever think about it. We walk in and we just make it happen. Mm-hmm. So who do you think is the coolest or, or your most favorite person you, you've had on either show? Well, now I have to say you because you're sitting well, next mean, to that, me. That's given. That's, that's not cool, Bill. Oh, you mean besides you? Yeah, besides okay, me. Of who, who's number two? Of course two? you are my favorite. Well, I just interviewed, you know, I can't choose from all 75 guests that I've had on chat with me already. This is amazing. But just recently, last week, I had a young man, an 11-year-old boy who runs a mile every time a first responder in the United States passes away. Oh, wow. Yes. So he runs this mile now with a flag, mm-hmm. and then he takes the flag and he sends it to the the grieving family. Oh, It's wow. just absolutely, he just honors them and does these tributes. And, yeah. and now because his mission has been so successful in gaining attention, he's now taking funds when people donate and he's creating these $5,000 
checks that he's offering for responders who've been injured in the line of duty. Oh, that that's amazing. 11 years old. So yeah. how can that not inspire you? I was barely able to talk when I was 11 years right. old. And then you wake up and you go, what did I do today? Oh, you know, I got some gas and I ate some sushi. Like, wait a minute, what am I missing? Like, I think I need to be doing a little bit more. And that also, if I remember correctly, uh, seen on Facebook, that was sort of a personal milestone for the show for you too, right? Yes. The, and, and that's not why it's my favorite, but yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. We did. We had over 10,000 views for that episode within two, three days. That, yeah. That's amazing. And yeah, uh, if, if we didn't state it earlier in the interview, your shows are, are Facebook based, right? Versus yes. versus YouTube or something I else. do put them on YouTube in case that's just somebody's yeah. outlet, but I don't focus on that. But Facebook is really my... Uh, what, what made you decide to go mainly with Facebook? I find it a little bit easier and I find our age group mm-hmm. is more typically on Facebook. YouTube, it seems more of a younger crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah. who don't always want to be aware. <laughs> and that's what I do is I spread awareness. So I found it Facebook easier. It's, and it's fine for me. I yeah. don't, I don't do any of this for money. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to just kind of put the content out there and not worry about it. And Hope that it means something to somebody. Now, obviously, you know, that's a really good creative mindset. You know, I'm going to make the thing, I'm going to put it out there, <laughs> and I'm going to forget about it and work on the next thing. <laughs> but it, did you take any time when you were first getting set up with everything to sort of cultivate an audience or reach out to people on Facebook? <sighs> I probably should. You know, I think I, you know. Well, you're doing okay. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Um, I tag groups that might be impacted by the particular subject, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I work so hard just making the content and making that happen that I haven't really focused Mm -hmm. on that kind of stuff. Now bake with me means a little bit, I don't want to say more to me, but in a different fashion, there's, that's definitely where, you know, my heart is in people with disabilities and spreading that awareness. So I do other things on that site, which is it's Hoffie's heart. Cause my last name is Hoffman. So Hoffie's heart bake with me. Mm-hmm. You'll find that on Facebook and I add, you know, certain recipes and I always spread positive news about different things going on in the world of disabilities. So it's yeah. not just the videos. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's good though, that you're, you're, putting all your time and energy and passion into the content where a lot of people, they'll approach a creative project and they'll put all their time and energy into, oh, should I buy ads here? Or, yeah. you know, how do I, you know, sell this or promote this on social media? Should I have an Instagram? And you're more focused on making the actual stuff than making all this supporting stuff that eats up a lot of your time and energy right. for the project. And I honestly, I don't have the funds for it. Like I make nothing out of doing this, not a cent. And I don't ever want to make money from it. Mm-hmm. If I ever got a sponsor for Bake With Me or anything like that, it would be to create more content or to pay the crew or do things for the people who are involved in it. This has never been an issue of being famous or making money. It's yeah. about spreading awareness. So as mm-hmm. long as I'm doing that, whether it's for one person or one million persons, peoples, <laughs> then I am thrilled. I, so have you ever considered, uh, you know, trying to launch a like a nonprofit or something to based around these shows? I've worked for nonprofits and mm-hmm. it's not my favorite thing in the world. As you can <laughs> tell, like the business side is not my thing. If anybody yeah. out there wants to become my business partner and take that on, go for it. You want to make a penny? Go for it. Not, it's not my thing. Unfortunately, our entire audience is creative people, so you're right. probably out of luck. That's okay. That's okay, too. I love creative people. So what? what's your history with 
video editing and video production and stuff. Cause chat with me is fairly simple, but it does have a high level of production value from the audio all the way down. Yeah. My, everything has been learned hands on. (laughs) I have no, (laughs) I just play one on TV. That's what I say. So I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. No lie. Anything I wanted to do. Oh, I want to put in a video here or a picture there. I'll just YouTube it or Google it. And then I read about, I have spent hours and hours and hours learning. Mm -hmm. I've had a few professionals in the field come and teach me a few things. Just to uh, tap back to the YouTube real quick, are there any channels that you watch that were super helpful to you or that you recommend to people? Oh, I wish I knew. I don't know. They were very sporadic. It just, it just was based on what I needed at that moment. You were like, I need to know what white balance is. Hold on. Let me me YouTube. No, it's so true. That's exactly, exactly what I did. Well, I I have the same thing with YouTube videos and I used to ride a little 50 CC scooter around. Maintenance was getting really expensive on it. So I was like, I should learn to do this myself. So anytime I had to change the oil or check a tire or brakes or whatever, it was Google up a YouTube video and then make sure my greasy hands didn't mess up. My it's phone so helpful. And I don't want to take anything away from the professionals that actually do mm-hmm. <laughs> really good editing and all of those things, because it takes way more than watching a few YouTube videos. What yeah. I do is very basic mm-hmm. and it takes me a long time to do those basic things because I'm not you know, as good as they are, as educated as they are. I find audio to be one of the most challenging things that I've come across in making any of the videos. And one of the most important too, because, you know, people will watch a a really crappy video, a grainy, dark, weird video, if it has good audio and they can understand what's being said. Agreed. It's, It's one of the things I see people neglecting in, in YouTube videos that, is, is so important to gaining an audience uh, that it, it, it just blows my mind that, you know, they, they can put it out there with like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, people can't understand your brilliant soliloquy right. uh, that you've, you've done on your YouTube video. Because, because your audio yeah, is because, poor. Yeah, you're using your camera yeah. microphone or something. And it's funny, um, with that being said, because I do so much work with individuals with disabilities and that's what Bake With Me is based on, mm-hmm. I want to say it how important it is to make sure if you are a creator, to make sure your content is accessible to people with disabilities. So make sure you have closed captioning because mm-hmm. that if, you, if not, you are literally alienating an entire group, a large group of people who may want to to access your content, but won't be able to because they can't hear it. Like I think Facebook has like an automated closed captioning. Facebook and YouTube both will do automatic captions, but I beg of you, please go through it and edit it because mm-hmm. it is a hot mess. What they do does not have punctuation, capitalizations, those yeah. kinds of things. Um, well, YouTube in particular, and you're going to want that if you've ever tried to read a document without punctuation or the right spacing or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. a hot mess. And again, you're you're not it's not really beneficial. Yeah. So if you do that, just edit it and go through, but there are great. Yes. Facebook does a pretty good job. Of- I'll, I'll say for, for you too, or maybe our listeners, um, I, I've started recently using a tool called dragon dictate. Yes. Dragon uh, dictate is fantastic to, to process interviews. And it will actually, it will identify unique voices in the recording yes. at least and break it up for mm-hmm. you. Uh, so, so I've, I've been using that. I'm going to try and start using that 
for writing too, because yeah. I've heard it really speeds up the writing process. Yes. Because, uh, you know, you're you're writing at the speed of thought instead of the speed it takes talk to your fingers. Talk to text. So you literally talk into it and it will type out what you're saying. Yeah. It, it's a little weird to get used to because you have to say, okay, new line or, mm-hmm. you know, go back and correct this word. Uh, so you have to f- fit this little bit of unorganic speech into, you know, trying to flow with the writing. Right. Everything. But you get more used to it and it gets more used to you. Dragon Dictate is a beautiful program. It's a software that learns your voice and your dictation so that mm-hmm. as you progress with it, it will get better and better. Yeah. It also learns, uh, for, from what I've read up, uh, it, it learns your writing styles because they said th- the best way to train it is to pick up something you've written. Uh, luckily I have mm-hmm. a few books laying around I've written and, and read about 2000 words, uh, to, nice. to kind of give it a base level of your writing style, your speech patterns, all Love of that. It. So, Great. yeah. And then you can obviously use those transcriptions for your captioning. So you have chat with me. Yeah, bake do. with me. I do. What's the next with me? <laughs> there, sleep. No, that, no. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, wait, let's that's, not say, a, that's a rest. whole other direction. How about rest with me? Um, because your girl's tired. <laughs> no, I think um, having two shows is enough, and I would love to perfect those before moving on to anything else. You know, we're live streaming this out on the I Made This Facebook page. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, have you have you done much live streaming, or have you looked into that? Or every once in a while, I do just to be like, hey, we're here we're here on set we're about to do this mm-hmm. um but i don't do a whole lot of live there was um i was doing a little show on the side actually i said i didn't want a third show i kind of have one <laughs> um there's a comedian michael type mike randolph every mm-hmm. time i say his name i feel like i'm announcing a fighter it's michael tight mike randolph <laughs> um, and we were doing a little bit called lunch laughs live where just for 10 minutes on a monday we would get together mm-hmm. or 10 15 minutes and just do some live you know, silliness. And I love that because it's me being able to play rather than, you know, the seriousness. Having to be the authority figure, the the host. host, Yes. And so that was a lot of fun. Here's our corny opening today. Lunch. Laughs. Live. We're back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are back, man. Excited and motivated. I don't know why I keep leading me into the screen like this. Because it's exciting. So we would go live on that. But other than that... Not too much. So, so, you know, you're following this passion, you know, making the chat shows. I've noticed recently on Facebook that you're following another passion. You're getting back into acting, right? I am. That happened on accident because I was just (laughs) helping people behind the scenes because we're, you know, when you're around creative people, there's, you have amazing friends that do amazing things. And then somebody says, oh, I don't have a, I don't have a sound guy today or I don't have, you know, this. Can you come help? Sure, I can help. I've script supervised. I've done, you know, lots Mm -hmm. of stuff behind the scenes, behind the scenes, BTS photos, behind the scenes photos. Yeah. I'm really enjoyed doing that. I'm pretty good at it. So I started doing that and then... So I'm a part of some of like the the pages, like there's an Orlando independent filmmakers page, the OIF. Yeah, so they post I think, casting I think calls. Like UCF has one too. And yeah, UCF and yeah. Full Sail, they all have casting calls. So I follow them because I know so many people who are in the field. And if I ever see something, I want to be able to tell them about it. Yeah, yeah. And then more recently, I saw a casting call for a rom-com about these old Jewish women. Mm-hmm. And you had to have that New York Jewish accent. Coffee talk. Coffee talk. 
and it was a 75 year old character, but I just, I was like, this is, this is my element. I need to do this. Yeah. So I came in my studio at 10 o'clock that night. No lie. Turned on all the lights. I had no makeup on. I didn't care. (laughs) And I told a one minute story about my Bubby and, you know, which is grandmother and Yiddish and Mm -hmm. had a great time with it. Sent it in thinking if nothing else, they're going to get a good laugh out of this because it's pretty funny. Yeah. Not thinking I'd ever hear back. And by like 9am the next day, it was like, we want you in our film, you know? So I was like, okay. So I played a 75 year old woman in a movie called Table Talk and it is hilarious. It's very like Mel Brooks kind of funny, which is Uh right up my alley. Once I did that and I was in front of the camera again for a different purpose other than interviewing, I got to play. Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, I kind of like this. (laughs) And then um, I just booked another role recently. So it's it's been fun. Yeah, you had had done acting before like in high school. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Theater and dance. and. What what was it like sort of stepping back into that after years away? Because I'm kind of doing that right now. So, yeah, if you have any advice. Um, (laughs) My advice is try not to take yourself so seriously because when I was younger, I everything was so serious. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm in front of the camera quite often as me, it's even more fun, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to be in front of the camera as a completely different character because that's who I become. I've always been that way. It's really kind of cool. It's one of the things my director for Bake With Me had said to me very early on. He said, you're very strange, Rob. <laughs> he said, usually I turn on a camera, people get nervous and then you have to wait and you have to coax them through it. Mm-hmm. He said, I turn a camera on and you're like, you light up. So yeah. for me, just become, I become that character. It's not, I'm not Robin playing so-and-so. I am now, I was a 75-year-old woman that day with back problems and I was walking funny. It just, I become that person. Were you able to get your social security check? I know. I tried. <laughs> they didn't believe me. My face didn't match my license. It was a whole mess, you know, but we yeah. don't want to talk about that. I've been finding going back into trying to get some performance gigs and stuff. It's interesting because, you know, back in high school and college, I was a theater major, but you're so concerned about what other people think about you that I think in a lot of ways it, it, it can block you creatively, oh, uh, no you know, doubt. in performance. And I, I found it much easier, you know, in lower middle age, uh, stepping back into it because now I really don't give a crap what people think. No, about me. it's amazing. It, right? I, I just care it's about so jumping freeing. in and having fun. It's so know? freeing. And I did improv comedy. Mm-hmm. I was in an improv troupe for about two and a half to three years. Yeah. And that really strips you of all, you just, once you do improv, <laughs> oh, I, yeah. you can't care what people think. You have no fear. You just with make improv. your, you know, <laughs> as, and I've always said this, even when I used to do presentations seriously in college in front of students and, and those were serious issues, I would start my lecture by saying, listen, you, I'm going to be just as surprised as you are by what comes out of my mouth. So uh-huh. as long as you're enjoying it, as long as you're laughing, I don't care if you're laughing at me or with me. I truly don't. As long as you're having fun, I'm fine with it. And I still mean that today. Uh, so wait, what was this, uh, this, secret improv troupe you just dropped in my laugh. Oh, the secret improv troupe? <laughs> it's no secret. Um, it's, it's an improv troupe called I Am 50 Million, and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful organization. They not only do improv, they do personal development and charity work. Mm-hmm. So it really met a lot of needs for me for a long time. The only reason I don't 
do much of it anymore is because I just don't have the time. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to. I love all of the people involved. I love what they stand for. So if anybody's looking to do improv, they have an improv class for adults every other Wednesday that they do at the Maitland Wellness Center. Yeah. And it's like five bucks or something, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. And actually that's how we got connected too. Cause I, I came to that on the advice of our mutual friend, Allison. And uh, then it, it was a lot of fun and I haven't made it back yet just oh, because okay. it seems like Every time they schedule one, I have something else going on. You have something going on. It's a lot of fun. But improv is a ton of fun. It is. It really is. Like I've been getting back into it. I used to do some in college and stuff, but I've been getting back into it the past year and some change. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, at SAC and the recently closed AdLib Theater and a couple other places around town. And it's just so much fun. And it's amazing how quickly it connects you with other people. Like, you know, I can, there have been improv classes I've had like a two hour class and I walk out of there and I feel like I have a five new best friends, you know, it's amazing. And that happens every time you go, Mm -hmm, you'll mm -hmm. gain more. And the director, he's really, really great at meeting just like me. I feel like meeting people where they're at. Yeah. So if you are uncomfortable, he'll, you know, it's fine for you to just sit and watch for a while. Mm -hmm. And then once you're up there, He'll see where you're at and he'll try like knowing who I am and knowing I can do different accents and knowing I, you know, don't mind making a fool of myself. And um, he will push me. He'll stop and say, "Okay, now do it. You know, now you're Mm -hmm. a country Western person. Now you're a, you know, this or that. So he'll push that. But he would never do that to somebody that wasn't comfortable with that yet, you know. So it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And he's a, a, what's his name again? Paul. Paul. Yeah. uh, But he, he's a very sort of empathetic guy. You can tell like Mm -hmm. immediately when I came in to that one meeting, like he, he was talking to me about my Batman t-shirt and then we started talking about the Joker movie. You walked in with a Batman t-shirt, then you, you had Paul from the get go. Trouble from the start. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up here. Let me just ask you one more question. So if anyone out there is thinking about putting together a show for Facebook or YouTube or Twitch or any of the other platforms out there, TikTok, TikTok, you know, what advice would you give them? I would say, make sure you absolutely love what you are choosing to do because Mm -hmm. you will live it. You will breathe it. You will eat it. You will drink it. You will sleep (laughs) it. It is really all that you are. And you have to, whether you get up in the morning and you love it that day or don't love it that day, you still have to be invested in it because it takes a lot of time. Don't ever do anything just because you want to be famous. Don't want, don't ever do it just because you want to make money because Mm -hmm. you may not get to that point. So you're not going to love it. You have to love it and you have to want to do it because you have a reason behind behind wanting to do this for somebody or for yourself. I think one thread I've noticed in our entire conversation here is that you're concerned about the content. Everything else will come. Success will come. Attention will come. Uh, or it won't. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Uh huh. You're, you're all about, you know, making the donuts, you know, going yeah. in there and making the thing. The gluten-free donuts. The gluten-free donuts and uh, baking it and that gluten-free donut sitting on your table is your reward. That's Anything it. else is just uh, sprinkles. That's it. I was going to say gravy, but gravy. that wouldn't go very good. <laughs> Not a donut. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. If you have your own big idea you've made a reality, we want to hear about it. Let us know by emailing this at doanything.media. We'd love to share your project or maybe even talk to you about it. You can follow the show at I Made This Show, all one word, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, that's at I Made This Show. 
Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or on our website, imadethis.doanything.media. Again, that's imadethis.doanything.media. And if you do subscribe, make sure you leave a review so we can shout you out on the show. I'm Bill Meeks. Thanks for listening.